are about to listen to Where Your Treasure Is, the podcast where faith and finance meet. Please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice. And remember, investments can go down as well as up. Happy listening. We've made it. Three seasons, 26 episodes, plus four bonus episodes. At the time of recording, we've not long passed 1,000 downloads. 1,000 downloads might not sound like much, but for a faith and finance podcast from the depths of Aberdeenshire, we're really proud to have made it thus far and are hopeful that we will continue to deliver content that people want to listen to. And on that point, we're about to start planning content for future seasons. As you'll have noticed, many weeks we get to the end of an episode with so much more that could have been said. We've been trying to give an overview of topics that will help as many people as possible. And we now have the opportunity to go a bit deeper into some of those topics. But maybe you've got questions that we haven't answered yet. Perhaps we haven't touched on your particular situation. Maybe you're shouting at us right now, why haven't you covered ethical investing? Or mortgages. Or investing in property. Or how to educate my kids about money. Or how to stop my family spending all the money. Or how to stop me spending all the money. Whatever it is, we'd love to put a podcast episode together just for you. Of course, we will share it with the world, but we won't tell anyone else that it was you who asked, unless you actually want us to. But if you do have something you'd like us to cover in one of our future episodes, please get in touch via the normal methods. That's via Instagram on at where your treasure is podcast. Or by emailing where your treasure is at freerangepodcasting.co.uk. And if enough of you ask, we could be convinced to change our email address to something a little bit shorter. And maybe I'll actually get it right when I say it. Anyway, on to today's topic, which is... Estate planning. Simon, what do we mean by estate planning? Well, it's certainly not landscaping the grounds of your stately home, if that's what you were thinking. Yep, I was picturing Downton Abbey there. (laughs) Your estate is the legal term for everything you own and that is left behind when you die. It's your house, your furniture your clothes, your car, your bank accounts, your business interests, your investments, but actually not your pensions. Oh, that's interesting. Why is that? Why are your pensions not part of your estate? In short, and this is quite important to know, you don't own your pension. Defined benefit pensions and annuities, well, they're essentially contracts just to pay you an income month after month for as long as you live. So they have no real capital value in your estate. Whereas a defined contribution pension, maybe it's called a personal pension, a money purchase pension, or a drawdown pension, they're all much the same, they are held in trust for you, typically, by the pension provider. And when you die, they don't form part of your estate, and they therefore don't count towards inheritance tax. Okay, we got pretty deep pretty quickly there. Can we just take a step back for a minute? Could you give us an outline of what estate planning is and why it's important, Simon? Estate planning means arranging your estate in such a way that the right people get the right amount at the right time. An unplanned estate can mean that the wrong people get the wrong money and that the funds might take a lot longer to get to them. Now, usually, 
People want their belongings to go to their loved ones, and as soon as possible. What they don't want is for the wrong people to get that money, especially not the tax man, and for it to take a long time to sort out. So estate planning sounds like a good idea, but does everybody need to do it? No, but you probably do need to at least look at your estate to make sure that you don't need to do it. (laughs) Broadly, there are two critical hurdles to start off with. Number one, do you have a will? Number two, is your estate worth more than £325,000? So why is a will important? Having a will means that the right people are more likely to get the right money. Not having a will, and that's called dying intestate, means that a set of rules are followed to decide who gets what. And that might not be who you intend. For example, in Scotland, any surviving spouse, even if you're separated from them, is entitled to a share of the estate under some rules called prior rights. And then any spouse and or any children are entitled to the next share of the estate under legal rights. And then finally, any remaining estate is distributed according to the order set out by the Succession Scotland Act of 1964. Oh, and it also costs a lot more money and time to sort out an intestate estate. So I accept wills do cost money, but not having one might cost a lot more. So if you're married, it's not the case that everything automatically goes to your spouse when you die? Not necessarily. It might be, though, that the prior rights that go to the spouse, they cover all of your estate, in which case, yeah, they get it all. Or it might be that you're already joint owners with your spouse of everything. You own the house jointly and the bank accounts and all the savings and investments. They're all joint accounts. That would make things a lot easier. The estate still needs to be settled, and that does come with a commitment of cost and time. And then, of course, you still have the issue of what happens on second death when when that spouse dies. They are still going to need a will. So coming back to your second point about the size or value of estate, can you explain that a bit more, please? So I said that you need to consider estate planning if your estate is worth more than £325,000. Now, that's because you might be subject to inheritance tax, IHT for short, above that amount. Okay, well, £325,000 probably sounds like quite a lot, and it is quite a lot. But when you take into account the value of your home and all your furniture and your clothes and your cars and any savings or investments you have, plus any money you might inherit from your own parents or other relatives when they die, many people do have estates worth more than £325,000. Now, I said that you might be subject to inheritance tax. But in reality, it's your executors who are responsible for paying any tax due, and they will usually be able to pay it out of your estate. And in fact, they have to do that before they are allowed to share out the rest of your estate to your chosen beneficiaries. And who are these executors? They are the people that you appoint in your will. Another good reason to have a will? To administer your estate on your death. If you don't have a will then someone has to go to court to get permission to be your executor. And what if someone is married or was married but is now widowed? Is it the value of the joint estate that is taxed above that inheritance tax threshold? The 
£325,000 threshold is called the nil rate band, the NRB. And it's the amount that each person can leave behind without paying inheritance tax. A couple will therefore have one nil rate band each. And on first death, it is possible to leave your unused nil rate band to your spouse. So they will then have two nil rate bands and could leave a combined estate of £650,000 before they pay any inheritance tax. Now, on top of that, there's something called the residence nil rate band, which is an extra £175,000 per person that can be given away tax-free in respect of your residence, i.e. the house you live in. That's why it's called the residence nil rate band. Now, there are various rules regarding this. For example, you must leave your house or equivalent value to a direct descendant, child, grandchild. But again, the RNRB, residence nil rate band, is a per person amount. So if you add the nil rate band and the residence nil rate band together, you get half a million pounds per person. So if planned well, a couple leaving a house of sufficient value to their children or grandchildren could leave an estate worth up to a million pounds, totally inheritance tax free. Now, that sounds like an awful lot of money. Is it therefore the case that a couple with a joint estate worth less than £1 million don't need to worry about estate planning? They might not need to worry about paying inheritance tax, but avoiding this IHT is only one aspect of estate planning. We also want to make sure that the right people benefit when you die, and ideally that they do so with the minimum of complication. So, are there steps that people can take to pass their wealth on more easily and more efficiently on their death? There are many. And in fact, the first one is not to wait until death to pass wealth on. It is totally acceptable and often far preferable to pass wealth on while you're still alive. Now, we still need to be aware of certain rules around inheritance tax, but this only matters if, as mentioned previously, your estate is sufficiently large to be potentially subject to inheritance tax. Go on, Simon. Give us an example. I can tell that you want to. If you insist, Bex. Let's imagine then, for today's purposes, a widow whose husband left her everything when he died. She therefore has two nil rate bands, totalling £650,000, and two residence nil rate bands, totalling £350,000. She owns a house worth £300,000, £200,000 worth of savings and investments, and she also inherited a house from her parents when they died, and that one's worth half a million pounds. Now, if you've been keeping up, her total estate is now worth a million pounds. And she does have a will, which leaves her estate equally to her two children. Now, you might think that as her estate is worth a million pounds, she has two nil rate bands and two residence nil rate bands, and they're also worth a million pounds, then she has no inheritance tax to pay. That is exactly what I was thinking. Promise. <laughs> Unfortunately, Bex, you would be wrong. Okay, so we'll start with her house. It's worth £300,000. Her two residence nil rate bands, that is two times the £175,000, well, they more than cover the value of the house. So she can pass on the value of her house free of inheritance tax. Superb. But then she has £700,000 of other assets in her estate. That includes her parents' house. 
Now, as that property is not her main residence and she's never lived in it, she cannot use her residence nil rate band against that property. So all she has left with now is her normal nil rate bands. Two times £325,000, which equals £650,000. But her estate is £700,000. That's £50,000 more than her nil rate bands. And so she's going to pay 40% tax on that £50,000 excess. That's a £20,000 tax bill to be paid by her estate on or after her death. I thought we were talking about ways to improve efficiency in passing the estate on, not avoiding inheritance tax. So how have we ended up with an example about a tax bill? Well, let's imagine that this lady gave each of her children £50,000 from her savings before she died. And of course, we're going to assume she's done some lifetime cash flow planning and she knows she doesn't need that money for her own benefit. Or in fact, what if she gave them the house that she inherited but doesn't live in? What would the effect then be? Well, her estate would go down in value. So I guess then she wouldn't have to pay tax on her estate anymore. Alas, again, not so, Beck. She's not doing quite so well this week, are you? <laughs> so the taxman noticed quite a while ago that these kind of deathbed gifts would decimate their tax take. And so they added a rule to prevent it. And it is simply called the seven-year rule. The basics are this. If you make a gift out of your estate and then you die within seven years of the gift, the value is added back into your estate when you die to calculate the value of your estate for inheritance tax purposes. Now, there are some notable exemptions to this. So each individual can give away a gift of up to £3,000 to anybody and it's immediately exempt from inheritance tax, immediately out of their estate. And they can give up to £250 to as many people as they like. And again, it's immediately out of their estate. There are also certain gifts that you can give to children or to grandchildren when they're getting married. You can also give regular gifts out of surplus income. And they are also immediately exempt. Uh, and finally, and a useful one for us, any gifts to charity, and most churches are charities if they're registered that way, any gifts to charity are exempt from inheritance tax if given either during a lifetime or even on death through a will. So in your example, a gift of money or the house wouldn't reduce the value of the estate to avoid the inheritance tax bill unless it was made more than seven years before the date of death. Basically, Yes, but this is a very complex area of financial planning. And if you are in the position of having a large estate, then advice from a solicitor or a financial planner might be worth your while. However, and coming back to our earlier point, there are still some advantages of making gifts during your lifetime, even if they're not effective for avoiding inheritance tax. So number one, most people don't actually know when they're going to die. So you might make a gift now and actually live the seven years, which means the value of the gift will then fall out of your estate before you die, all well and good. Number two, I think a lot of people get value out of making gifts to their loved ones while they're still alive and while they can see the benefit that it brings. If you have money that you don't need, and like I said before, you might have to do some lifetime cash flow planning to work that out, 
And very conveniently, we've done an episode all about lifetime cash flow planning. So why not give that money away now rather than wait until you're dead? I mean, certainly children or even grandchildren can usually benefit from gifts of money earlier in life instead of waiting until they're older and may not need the money quite as much. And then thirdly, even if the gift isn't effective in reducing inheritance tax, it will mean that the money is in the hands of your chosen beneficiary straight away. On death, it can take months, sometimes even years, for money to be distributed to the beneficiaries. Much worse if you haven't got a will. Whereas making a gift before you die will remove all of that potential delay. But what if you want to give your money away, but you're not sure the people you ultimately intend to give it to will do the right thing with it? Isn't it risky to give money away too soon? There are certainly circumstances where giving money away can cause problems, perhaps to those who are too young or too inexperienced to handle large amounts of money, or even to those who could be influenced by third parties to make poor choices about money. One option in those circumstances is to consider the use of trusts. Now, a trust is a separate legal entity that holds the money for a period of time. The trustees, who are responsible for managing the trust, they don't ever own the money. They just hold it on behalf of the beneficiaries until they reach a certain age or until the trustees deem them ready to receive it. So a trust can help get money out of the estate sooner, potentially avoiding inheritance tax because of the seven-year rule, without it passing on to the ultimate beneficiary until the time is right. Now, also, actually, on death, a trust can be used to hold assets for a time until a beneficiary, for example, is old enough to inherit. Trusts come in all sorts of different shapes and sizes and can meet many different needs, and we might cover some of that in a future episode. So we've touched on wills, inheritance tax, gifting, trusts, and very briefly on pensions. What else is there to say on the topic of estate planning? Well, let's come back to the topic of pensions briefly. Pensions are an awesome estate planning tool because not only do they allow you to grow your money in a very tax-efficient way, you also retain access to your money, at least once you're past the minimum retirement age, but you can also pass it on free of inheritance tax. Any pension money that is passed on as a pension fund is then also free of inheritance tax in the beneficiary's estate as well. I mean, they are almost a perfect estate planning tool. It's important to be aware, however, that as they don't form part of your estate, they're not actually covered by your will. You will need to complete a separate form from your pension provider. It's either called an expression of wishes form or a death benefit nomination form. And that tells the pension trustees who you want the money to go to when you die. Anything else you want to add on pensions, or anything else for that matter? Well, you know me, Bex. I could talk for days on end about pensions, but let's leave that for another episode or possibly an entire season. A quick estate planning tool to consider is jointly owned assets. Now, most people are aware that houses can be owned jointly, so that on death, the surviving spouse becomes the owner of the whole house. Similarly for bank accounts and some types of investment, jointly owned assets pass to the survivor 
on first death. Now, half of the value is still going to be in the deceased's estate for calculating any tax that they're due. But as any assets pass between spouses are free from inheritance tax anyway, it's a quick way to ensure assets pass to the spouse on death. Now, I would say this. It's important to make sure that both the husband and the wife have access to money at all times. Now, this is probably more of an historic issue, but there are still some couples where most of the money sits in the name of traditionally the husband, and if he dies first, the wife might run out of her own money before his estate is distributed to her. Far better to have joint accounts or at least sufficient money held in each spouse's name to last maybe a couple of years' expenditure in case one dies before the other, which is much more likely. And I reckon we've got time for just one more estate planning tip. What are you going to end with, Simon? One of the very first topics we ever spoke about on the Where Your Treasure Is podcast is generosity. And generosity is a superb estate planning tool. I mentioned earlier that gifts to charity are immediately exempt from inheritance tax. Now, not only that, but if you give away at least 10% of the net value of your estate to charity, then the inheritance tax rate you pay actually reduces from 40% to 36% inheritance tax. Now, this particular rule, it can never make you money. Once you've gifted the money away and then paid any reduced inheritance tax rate, you'll still be leaving behind less than if you hadn't given it away. But let's imagine you have a will which already includes gifts to charities of, say, 8% of the net value of your estate. If you were to increase it to 10% and therefore get the reduced inheritance tax rate, that could then save you money. Now, working out the numbers and what the definition of net estate means in your circumstance, it's definitely a conversation to have with a professional. And I reckon that is more than enough for today, Bex. To be perfectly honest, Simon, I'm a little bit too young for any of these things to have really crossed my mind. But I imagine my parents are going to be really interested in this topic. And one day, it's a topic that most of us are going to have to deal with, either planning to pass on our own estate or inheriting an estate from someone else. And so it's been really useful just to think ahead and consider some of those issues. Now, we've established that in the various stages of life, there are differing priorities. And not everything is of vital importance all the time. One difficulty is that we just don't know what the future holds. And so ignoring any one aspect of financial planning can end up causing problems in the future. So I think it's better to have a little understanding of all these topics, and then you can focus on the ones that matter most to you right now. Sound advice as ever. We're going to be taking a little bit of a break and we'll be back with season four, can you believe it, season four already, just as soon as we've decided what we're going to talk about. If you want to have a say on what we should talk about, then please do let us know your thoughts by email or on Instagram. One more time, that's by sending us an email to whereyourtreasureis at freerangepodcasting.co.uk or sending us a message on Instagram at where your treasure is podcast. So, from me, until next time, God bless. And we hope to see you when we return. Thanks for listening and goodbye. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go.